0: I could go off on any number of uh, topics and that I'd be quite happy talking about, but it might be of no use whatsoever to you. So um, what I'd like to do is um, ask you what is important for you to hear about, either in your practice or in your understanding of the teachings of the Buddha or in your life. In that way, I'm sure I'll still have plenty to say. <laughs> So, um, let me just ask, oh, you have a question already? I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, yeah, no,
0: no, no. no, I'm all right. would
1: like you to talk about the, the um, concept of you no know, self, because it is just so completely against what our culture teaches us, and especially I'm thinking about just, you know, the whole teaching of children of, you know, you are a in special individual, you know, which is true, but.
0: Well, let's just start out with the easy stuff first, huh? Okay, let's get that out of the way, get on to the tough stuff later. Okay, well,
1: Uh,
0: let me talk about the breath. it this this is a teaching that the buddha came up with god only knows why <laughs> but, uh, i think i think there are there are many ways to approach it and there are many different levels of understanding of of no self of the, of that teaching of no self but i think a way to begin to appreciate what the Buddha is pointing to in a very simple and a kind of an immediate way even with the first time you sit down and pay attention. When you sit down and just to pay attention to what is happening in your body, in your mind, and you have the thought, I'm going to pay attention to the breath, for example, I'm going to pay attention to the breath. And so you sit down, and you feel one breath in, one breath out, one breath in, one breath out, space out. And eventually, you come back. Why couldn't your intention to stay with the breath, be sustained. Why couldn't you sustain it? Well, because it—that intention is impermanent. It arises, it's there for a moment, and it passes away. A breath arises, it, pass, it lasts for a moment, and it passes away. And then something random arises—a sound arises, you hear it, it, passes away. A sensation in the body arises. You notice it, it passes away. A thought enters the mind, it arises, you notice it, it passes away. All of these experiences are just the nature of reality. It's just the way it is. It's the nature of the body to breathe. It's the nature of the body to ache if you sit still and pay attention. It's the nature of the mind to wander here and to wander there into the past, into the future. It's the nature of all we're observing in this body and mind is nature. It's just the natural cause and effect of stuff happening. And we all, I, I know this is going to sound funny, we all experience the same thing. We all experience the same thing. Is there anybody's mind that didn't wander during that last sitting? No. Is there anybody that didn't have some level of discomfort? No. Is there anybody that had wandering mind, or didn't have wandering mind? No, everybody had wandering mind. So what makes my experience so uniquely me? The only thing that makes it uniquely me is I'm attached to it. I'm identified with it. This is me. That's the beginning. Once you see that things just happen, in spite of your best intentions, they just happen, you're already beginning to to get a glimpse of What the Buddha was pointing to. But to say, no self, no person, no me, no ego, no you, what's the problem? (laughs) Big problem. (laughs) So it would be better to not try to make sense of your experience from a no self perspective. But just notice your experience and you will notice that things happen without your intention. Things are impermanent, things come, things go. These are all signs of that there's no enduring substantial thing here. It's just happening. I'll get you in just a minute. Do you get rainbows here? You get rainbows. What's a rainbow? Well, a rainbow is an appearance in the sky, colorful appearance in the sky, due to there being rain molecules in the air, moisture in the air, and the sun shining on it, and you viewing it from a certain angle, right? And when it appears, it's a beautiful appearance. It's great. Actually, there's no such thing as a rainbow. Next time you see a rainbow, put it in a jar and send it to me. (laughs) And you'll see that that appearance is just due to the conjunction of conditions. Conditions coming together. Sun, water, and viewing angle creates an appearance. But inherent in that appearance is nothing. There's nothing inherently in there. It's just conditions coming together. In a very complex way, this thing called me is just an appearance due to a conjunction of conditions. A body and mind, playing out in a certain way appears to be me and we get identified with it. It is just as insubstantial as a rainbow. Now, we enjoy rainbows just like we enjoy me. I enjoy me. You know? And rainbows are colorful and sometimes I am. And sometimes other people are. And it seems real and you can make a big thing of it and you can take pictures of it and you send it to your friends. But it's just Impersonal conditions come together and create an appearance. What seems so real about this is it's more enduring. It seems like the person that I saw in the mirror yesterday is the same person as I saw today. Seems that way. But every day I've looked in the mirror for the last 60 years, well, maybe 55 years. I don't know if I was looking at 55. And every day it has looked like the same person. And yet I don't look like I did when I was five, I didn't notice the change. Things are changing all the time. We just assume that they're the same. You are not who you were yesterday. You're not. Different thought, different mind, different body, different emotions, different feeling, different aspirations, different plans, different... Everything's different. Everything. When I practice, in, whether it's watching the breath or whatever, being aware and really Aware what the awareness is all this unfolding, and yeah. that there's frequently a me in there or a self, or and then what I try to do, or try for the lack of better better word, is open that up and say that becomes part of my awareness. Now there's this me or this because I really like that me to go away. I'm aware I can't because problem, and I know I can't because then I just Try to broaden the awareness. Oh, there's this me, and when you do that, you're going to get suffering by definition. Uh, you know, when when a thought of me arises, don't make a big deal of it. Don't look for the self. Don't look for no self. Just know, oh, thinking's happening. <laughs> thinking's happening. When we when we get an agenda in our mind, in our practice. To see something a particular way, or to fix it, or to get rid of it, or to sustain it, or t- <coughs> it's the agenda that's causing the problem. Just notice. Oh, now it seems like there's a, a me thought. Now there's no me thought. Okay. Okay. Just notice. The agenda seems to be subtle. Something. I mean, yeah, the difficulty I I'm in an agenda at times, and When I think I'm not in an agenda, I can still be in an agenda. Agendas are very. Subtle, and they're important to notice. Now, what do I mean by agenda? I mean, when you sit down, for example, and you say, I'm supposed to be with a breath, and you go,
1: <laughs>
0: you know, and then, of course, you can't follow the breath, and you notice you're off in la-la land, and then you get angry at yourself. and <laughs> me try again. You know, and we furrow our brow and we hunch our shoulders and it's as if we're gonna kinda of contain it like a dog, a little puppy that wants to run away. I'm gonna get that breath, I'm not gonna let it get away. Just like there it goes. That's an agenda. Now what's happening there? The breathing's gonna happen fine, but you're just gonna get a headache.
1: You're
0: just gonna get tight and tense. Agendas tend to make you tight and tense. Make the mind tight. Relax. Relax the body, relax the mind. Well, if I say, relax the body, you know what to do. You go, oh, yeah. relax the body, okay. That's comfortable. Now, relax the mind. <laughs> <laughs> how,
1: how,
0: how do you do that? How do you relax the mind? You relax the mind by letting go of agendas. Any uh, goal or any, I gotta do it this way, or any, anything like that is an agenda. Now how can you practice if you don't have any agenda right you know what things are happening all the time the mind is knowing them all the time we just want to tune into that but you don't have to make a big you don't have to make a big effort you don't have to get tight you don't have to <coughs> clamp down on the mind you just have to begin to recognize oh you hear the sound of the air mover in the room you hear that Can you hear that? How much effort does that take? (laughs) It doesn't take any any effort at all, does it? (coughs) Nothing. Or if you feel feel your right hand, if it's on your lap or touching left hand, just feel what's going on in your right hand. Can you feel that? How much effort did that take? Did you have to furrow your brow and hunch your shoulders and focus? No. All you have to do is Carefully direct your attention to that part of the body, and you'll notice it. The mind notices automatically. So what we want to do is just make that much effort in each moment, noticing either the chosen object that we've chosen, posture or breath or sounds, or if we are attending to choiceless objects, meaning we're not choosing what to notice, just notice whatever comes to the mind, or wherever the mind goes. And it can go here, it can go there, and you just notice it. As we sit here, you know, you notice the, fan, the the movement up there. You notice the coolness. You notice it's a little humid. You notice the sound of my voice. Your posture might be a little uncomfortable. You just notice. Not so difficult. So whenever you find yourself getting frustrated with your practice, or getting burrowing in, or clenching your fist, your 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 face, your shoulders, you know you got an agenda. Let it go. Yeah.
1: Um, if, if it's not possible to answer this without it being helpful to the group, you can just let it go. But, you know, there's very few teachers in our tradition, and a lot have become kind of enamored with Sayadaw Taitanya, who I've heard speak a number of times, and he didn't really say anything that I hadn't heard before. True. And I'm just wondering if there's a way to put what is it that he's teaching? And I know it's a contrast with the Mahasi tradition, but what is this young master teaching that's that's grabbing you guys, that's having you travel around the world to be with him and things like that?
0: I don't know. (laughs) So yeah different. we're doing it. You guys are working with, with yeah. a teacher just like we're working yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And this guy's grabbed yeah. your attention and I met him yeah. on a number of occasions yeah. and yeah. obviously yeah. we're all at different levels yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. down here. Yeah. But I met him and and yeah. and I thought, My goodness, I've heard that
0: a million times. It's just a different emphasis uh, the shift of emphasis. You know, sometimes people for example, if I say, Okay, now just sit quietly and pay attention to the breath. Some people are going to hear breath, and some people are going to be going to hear quietly, and some people are going to hear pay attention. <laughs> and it's just how you hear what the teacher says will can be different, and the teachers can be saying the same thing, and yet there's just a slight shift of emphasis or intonation or. or and it'll, it'll make you practice differently. Utejaniya happens to say a lot, relax. That is not something you will hear Upandita say. And Upandita is my other teacher in the other tradition that I practice in. He doesn't say relax. He says, please try harder. <laughs> okay, now it sounds a little bit like relax is over here and on the other end of the spectrum is please try harder. But experientially, they're not that far apart. Please try harder to be relaxed. Or please relax harder. <laughs> 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 or,
1: <laughs>
0: and I think, I think Utejaniya has come at a time into our lives, at a time when... Uh, there has been a long history of practicing in a very, a kind of tradition. And you're right. I'm not hearing him say anything. In practicing with him, I'm not discovering anything in practice that I haven't known before. Yeah, but I understand it differently. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yesterday, when you were talking about knowing your experience, yeah. So I was doing that today, and I and I noticed. I think. Um, I'm always rushing, and so...
0: Always rushing.
1: Well, not always. Yeah, but... but Okay. (laughs) It's it's an energy habit that I have. Yeah. And so I noticed when I was doing it today, just anxious, rushing. There wasn't... Like the thoughts were in the outer room, like the mud room, instead of right on top of me. Is that why you don't? Because then, I mean, it it almost impersonalizes it a little bit. It's
0: just, oh, there's rushing energy. It's not, not me, and it's not so bad anymore. I don't know if that's why I know. rushing is rushing is an attitude of mind that you want to get a, you want to begin to recognize. Mm -hmm. Now, if you note it, you may recognize it, or you may say, rushing. Yeah, I'm getting a lot done, multitasking. You know, so it's not. The noting that makes a difference—it's how you relate to what it is that you're you're experiencing.
1: It just seems like now it's I don't rush because I. I You've switch. recognized yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, and it just feels like it's a little me, That energy isn't just taking me all over.
0: Great. Keep noting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that's yeah. the way it works for you, uh-huh. if it works for you to, when you're note rushing, that oh, you just kind of <laughs> drop back. You just. Let the rushing go when you're not. Just around it Great. And
1: there's some space. space. It's, not just, it's not just all rushing. I don't believe the whole thing
0: anymore. That's good. <laughs> if that's what nothing does, do it. Um, could you speak a little bit to um, being in the presence of people who are uh, habitually obsessed or worried? Uh, okay, now, obsessed is one thing and worried is another. Obsessed, Uh, upset,
1: upset, oh, (laughs)
0: upset and worried. If you're always around people who are upset and worried, that's the question: how to protect yourself? How to deal with them? How to use
1: skillful means in interacting with people who are compulsively upset
0: and/or worried? Uh, I would uh, first. I mean, and this is the Buddhist. First injunction, uh, avoid what you can. Avoid if something it leads you to get upset and you know reactive to them. I'm assuming that's what you're. No, you don't get you don't get upset and Sometimes, reactive to them. But mostly it's a
1: feeling of um, I'm sorry that they experience life that
0: way. Oh, but that that's fine. That's, that's that sounds like compassion to me. You know, some close to compassion. You know, I'm sorry you're upset. Yeah, have compassion for them. You know if possible, maybe through your relation the way you relate to the same things they're relating to, and you're not upset, but they get upset, maybe they'll be able to learn another way of relating to it. Right?
1: I think they're so busy being upset they don't notice how other people are dealing with things
0: Well there are people that are upset. You know? If it, if it disturbs you, you want to protect yourself. Avoid if you can. Be mindful to the extent that you can and and that. If they're just upset and it doesn't bother you, then what's the problem? No, no problem. Just OK. Let them be upset.
1: I just was thinking in terms of one of the teachers, one of the meditation teachers talking about leaning into the hard points and not turning away when someone's sort of addicted to trauma and drama.
0: I don't know what that means. Uh, leaning into the hard points, not turning away. I'm not sure what that means, so I, I can't really comment on it. But you know, there are difficult people in our lives. There are difficult times that in in our lives, our own lives, that we want to, as much as possible, be present for, be present with, and not just to avoid. Uh, you know, close your eyes, pay attention to your breath, and forget. Sometimes we have to do that. But if we do it all the time, it's you know, it's it's not. It's escapism or denial, Uh, not particularly uh, effective way of uh, being happy. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of on
1: the same note, but maybe the other other side. um, If you could uh, speak a little bit about Sangha, and because I'm aware of how important it is, Mm. Um, but I don't. Than the other, and I also, I think, suffer from a um, feeling from of solitude, you know, of, of, the, of loneliness. Sure. And,
0: and so, sure. you know, just, I guess just that um, I would like to understand what Sangha is yeah. Sangha being uh, a community of like-minded people that you practice with or that you have some affinity with or that you feel like we're all on the same path. or We, we have something in common. Uh, you know, we may we may vote for different people, different politicians, but we still have something in common, and it's a it's a bond, it's a it's a support for us, and it's important because the the path of awakening, which which this practice is about, the path of coming to know yourself more fully and to free yourself from suffering and the causes of suffering, is is it's a challenging it's a challenging journey, and. Inevitably, we, we all uh, reach difficult times, and just knowing that there are other people around, even if you're not talking to them, but just, just other people around who are also on that same path, also confronting similar challenging situations and getting through it or, or dealing with it can be a, can be a, a great reassurance when you're in a situation that you can speak with them and you can have dialogue with them about your situation then all the better but it's not always possible but even in even in a silent sitting you know in a room of 50 or 80 people and you're sitting you know you, your mind might be just racing out of control and you're just like so upset about something and you open your eyes and look around and everybody is so serene peaceful mm-hmm. and You know don't believe it for a
1: minute you know
0: they're they're not far behind you or in front of you you know but 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 they're willing to just sit there and be with it too so it's encouraging in that way even in a very silent still non communicative way it's very very powerful Uh, I I know for myself I've been practicing for three decades a little more than more than three decades I'm into my fourth and My best friends, and the people that I have the most connection and affinity and trust in, are people I met 35 years ago in in my first retreats and when I first went on staff at at the meditation center. Because you know, and we've all been through all well everything that you go through from age 25 to 60. So. And we've all been through that in our own ways, sharing it with each other, and using it as a as a as a path of awareness. You know, and we've all had very difficult and challenging times. We've all been uh, alone, and we've all been together, all the time too. Even when we're alone, we're still part of that sangha. So that that's, it's really valuable that way. Yeah, uh, you have a great sangha here. I mean, from what I see of it, it's like Yeah, good opportunity here to get all to get all the connection you need.
1: Yeah. Um, it's kind of a big question, but I couldn't come yesterday, and I know the topic was uh, like
0: meditation and healing or something
1: yeah. like that. Can you give like a two-minute summary? <laughs> two-minute
0: summary. <laughs> or just heal us. Well. <laughs> so this is holy water now. I'll give you the the, the few group. The mind can make you sick. The mind can make you well. It's your choice. <laughs> Whew, that was easy. <laughs> I'll take another one like that. <laughs> Todd? On Friday night, you talked a
1: little bit about depression, and you mentioned that...
0: When practicing what it, learned you get interested in the mechanics of it. Yeah. i was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so this, uh, the question is about depression, and uh, I had mentioned that uh, you can be mindful of of it. And in fact, when you're depressed, you know your thoughts. You know, you. That's what kind of feeds the depression. But what the depressed person does is identify with their thoughts you know so the thought says i'm a i'm a jerk or i'm you know life really sucks or whatever you know we believe it we believe it rather than being mindful of it rather than being mindful of oh the mind is thinking the mind is judging the mind is evaluating or oh that's a judging thought or that's a fearful thought or that's an anxious thought and so to watch not necessarily or not just the content of the thought but watch the kinds of thoughts you know what i mean so that you're 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 not in the thought believing it but you're recognizing oh this is a thought and along with that you'll recognize feelings and the other thing is even though someone may have a diagnosis of depression and may feel depressed and may be taking medication for depression it's not all the time and so i encourage you to notice the even though it may, may be brief and not very many notice the times when you don't have a depressive thought or you're not particularly feeling depressed it's because we kind of generalize things we globalize things and we and we in we get identified with our thoughts and our feelings, then it looks like oppressive depression. you know. But if we keep picking at it with awareness, because any moment that you're aware of your experience is a moment of non-depression. You may be aware of a fearful thought, aware of a depressed thought, aware of a feeling of lethargy, or aware of a feeling of heaviness, or aware of feeling of why bother, or whatever. I've never been depressed, so you can know, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but like any other emotional, mental state, whether it's enduring or brief, when you can be aware of it, and name it, well oh, this is a thought, this is a feeling, this is a whatever, then uh, it'll begin to, oh wait a minute. First you gotta watch for an agenda. If your agenda in watching your depression is to get rid of it, that's a problem. But if it's to know it, if it's just to know and understand depression. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.